Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It is episode number 396. KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. You know what we're here to talk about. It's Wednesday night. It's Color Star Chronicles Volume 5 on deck. We are also going to have the trial of one Jalen Rager as this Eagles season has come to an end. And we've got more trade rumors surrounding the point guard who doesn't want to play for the Sixers. Uh, All that and a little bit more sprinkled in here on this episode. But before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course... Our homies over at Tomahawk Shades. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. That's on the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, everything in between that they have on their website. You get 25% off at TomahawkShades.com when you use our code USP from the boys over at Tomahawk Shades. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. You get the Surfside Iced Teas, the, the Vodka Soda Party Packs, all that good stuff. At statesidevodka.com, you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Our friends over at Kenwood Beer, you guys can go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And as I was telling Matt before we went live, we got a new uh, new little fun sponsor on deck, Bino Boards. You guys can, uh, if you're watching live on Twitch, the link is in the description uh, go to BinoBoards.com uh, and use our link, which we will plug all on our social media, and you get 10% off um, your purchase with uh, Bino Boards. And uh, excited to have them on board with us now uh, as a sponsor of Underground Sports Philadelphia. And if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. You can watch live on Wednesday nights. But Matt, how we doing, brother? I'm uh, living the dream, you know? We are back, and uh, since the last time you and I recorded an episode, the Sixers and Color Star Technology have parted ways. The uh, partnership has been terminated due to breach of contract on Color Star's behalf. Uh, who the hell knows what exactly happened? Uh, we probably never will know, but that doesn't mean we're not going to stop talking about Color Star because. Lucas Caption, as we found out, is how it's pronounced now, as we've been saying Capetian, but it's Lucas Caption, uh, spoke to some YouTube channel and uh, confirmed that he is at least somewhat of a real person through a screen, but this story just continues to get weirder and weirder, and now the Sixers are no longer partnered with Color Star Technology. 
Yeah, uh, almost like they, they shouldn't have been partnered with them from the very beginning, it seems like. Maybe if they had done some just very basic level background work on the companies that they're partnering with, that's really like connecting this all to the Sixers in, in a meaningful way. That's the most concerning part of this is that either this was just incredibly negligent, uh, that they did absolutely no research at all with these companies that they're partnering with. Because by the way, this this company buys essentially space uh, within the Wells Fargo Center to, yeah. to like branding and for advertising. Uh, they have like executive suites, like contacts with uh, the front office, uh, like executives within the Sixers organization, like they're, and they're, I'm sure paying for that service that, uh, and paying for that, uh, you know, access to the Sixers right into the Wells Fargo Center and our, our market. Um, the fact that they can't vet that better uh, is is alarming and concerning because this is a billion dollar organization that should frankly be able to do much better. This yes. is like this is just basic level stuff. Being able to tell like just from having a conversation, you should be able to understand that this is probably not a very legitimate thing. Uh, and I I think it's it's malpractice frankly. But from the very beginning, this this should have never been signed. So it's good that they terminated it. Uh, whether that's because of I, I think. They were looking for probably any reason. I'm sure that they're not uh, unaware to the fact that people have been uh, diving deep on this. You know, people have been reaching out. I'm sure to the 76ers, uh, like press officers and things like that, for for any kind of quotes or any kind of statements about these these uh, this deal. And I have to imagine it was on their radar, and they were probably looking for any reason just to get out of it. Um, apparently, the, the color star had mentioned that you were going to be able to. Uh, like meet the 76ers or like mm -hmm. play basketball within within their metaverse which still makes no sense to me because I, I very much doubt that they're building their own metaverse which is what they keep making it sound like is what they're doing um facebook hasn't even been able to build their full metaverse yet and that's like i don't know the biggest technology company on the world besides like google so i call it call me maybe surprised by that um but you know obviously like color star doesn't have the rights to the players uh they don't have their image and likeness rights which you need to have for something like that uh, and that's mm -hmm. something that has to go through like the players union not even through the sixers um, really their deal with the sixers was essentially you get to advertise well like throw your logo up at our games right and that's it <laughs> um <laughs> and they seem to take it and again, I think this just speaks to the incompetence and the negligence of this company that they're they're not a very legitimate company, uh, probably overstretched and undereducated on how these things work and thought that they had like more leeway than they did or that they had some kind of different agreement that they could just make whatever they want to. Like, I, I just it's a bizarre story that I think has reached some sort of conclusion, but there's still more, of course. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely more with it. And uh, like you said, they had to have like felt the pressure that a number of media outlets, us included, even though it was just kind of to our own little podcast realm talking about this stuff. Like today, uh, Dan McQuaid from Defector Media tweets out a, uh, I guess, an email response um, from Colorstar basically saying, that Defector has to take down their articles that they wrote uh, on December 23rd, 2021 and January 5th, 2022. Uh, otherwise, they will seek legal procedures to pursue all your legal responsibilities and financial compensation for the losses caused to the company. And you and I were talking about this before we went live. 
you can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't tell somebody, hey, I don't like what you wrote uh, because it makes us look bad, so take it down. When there's no, like, malpractice or there's no, like, slander or libel written about somebody, it's truly just blogging and information coming from Defector. You can't tell somebody and threaten them to take the articles down. Yeah, again, I, I think it's just a very basic misunderstanding of, like, I don't know how anything works. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it stands, it stands to, to reason. I think that Lucas caption, which by the way, does not make sense as a lot. Like That's no part it. of that looks like yeah. caption, uh, caption, how it is actually spelled is like caption. That is Capetian. In my mind, yeah. it is still Lucas Capetian, but uh, he, yeah, for being Harvard educated, se severely misunderstanding Harvard master uh, educated. Uh, master's in business administration, master's degree, excellence, master's. Yes, master. Yes. <laughs> Just to... no, he hasn't hasn't answered that, by the way, how he yeah. attained a degree, which is literally not attainable at the university that he said it was. No. Which you and I so. both said we think it was kind of just a, again, Google translated carryover from the one Chinese university that is basically China's equivalent to Harvard. Right. Well, that was... The previous CEO, Basil right. Wilson, apparently went to Tsinghua University, uh, which is, you know, in my mind, like the Harvard equivalent. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> maybe, maybe Lucas just didn't have a great imagination. I don't know. And I mean, the fact that like the Sixers were just like, yeah, okay, we're out. That also just screams to me that like Josh Harris, David Blitzer knew that like they were in some shady shit and we're just like okay we need to figure out a way to just get out of this and get more people off our scent because we already dealt with the burner gate stuff we've dealt with a number of ridiculous stories with this team we need to just put an end to this yeah i, I think uh i think that's that's the correct take on this is that it just <laughs> it, they were over it they were they were looking for any any pathway out and they got it they got it because people were continued to talk about what a mess this is they're like all right Let's find any way we can to void our deal with them. But uh, yeah, we actually did get to see Lucas. Uh, I'm sorry, I almost called him Capetian again. I got to call him by his real, totally not fake name, uh, Lucas Caption. He did a very, very brief interview with the SNN network, which is, I can only describe as one of the hellscape sides of YouTube. Uh, this like non market cap, small cap, whatever that means. No uh, cap. <laughs> No cap, pushing peas on uh, on the weird <laughs> side of YouTube. He uh, this channel like essentially just talks with like crypto bros and like investors to learn how to invest better. That's stupid. Just call Vanguard and set up a four hundred one k. Not not hard. Not rocket science. Right. Um, did an interview with Lucas. It's incredibly awkward and uncomfortable because these two clearly just met, and it's like the most basic level stuff which lucas does not answer at all like he asked him to explain his background and like how he came to be involved with color world and just gives this like roundabout answer about how he graduated college and he invested in these other unnamed companies uh that movie plan like <laughs> dealt with like artificial technology and stuff like that and um that was it uh, I have to give credit to him because obviously he's he's Chinese and he's learned English. Uh, he doesn't speak it like fluently, but then again, like half of Americans don't either. So whatever. But, um, you know, it's like it's it's not easy for him to convey his points. I'll concede that. And maybe there is something lost in translation. 
perhaps that's that's the truth um but i think it's also i don't know strange that this guy apparently went to college in america and has what i would describe as like a business depth speaking of the english language again i'm not trying to knock the guy because learning any second language is impressive and not easy and english is not an easy language to learn but you would think someone that went to harvard could speak and and actually like when someone asks you to describe your company, you would have an actual answer for that, which he didn't. It was an incredibly short interview. Um, out of the norm, too, most of the interviews they do are like long form. They're essentially like podcasts, just been in, in video form. Mm-hmm. This one was like, I think, like six minutes, if that. And there's like awkward cutting, too. Yeah, uh, a lot so, of weird like iMovie wipes. Yeah, like it, it was it was strange. So he does he is that person exists whether that is actually lucas i don't know yeah um but that person does exist is is real and talked about color star because so. apparently buddy that was at the press conference was or was not jerome heaps well no that was lucas caption which is bizarre in its own right because defector obviously gets wasn't a, that a wasn't met- didn't they claim that that was basil wilson they claimed the, that was Basil Wilson. The card said that it, like the name placard said it was uh, Jerome Heaps. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's we, how it we always went, goes. Like, like 45 minutes, and we were at, like, Chelsea. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Ben's time. What's up? We're back. I so they 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 write to Defector saying that uh, Defector should not have written these articles and that they need to take them down and that they didn't reach out to Color Star for comment, which they did. And they point out that hilariously, the email address that lucas was sending to them was the same email that they had tried to reach out a month before for any kind of comment that he never got back to them about um and he had reached out to their supposed uh like press person um to like sent them vague threatening messages on christmas day like never got to the bottom of that either by the way it was doug mentally i think was was the name um so yeah, it's it's a, a strange. I, it's cool that we actually have a real Lucas here. I found his Instagram, um, and it's all weird, weird shit. Photo as dumps. you can imagine. Uh, yeah, just like definitely like I should have an Instagram. He has what I can only describe as uh, something an eighth grader would think is cool, in that he made a tie that belongs to us, and it is just a like you know how you could just go like search like custom ties yeah. on Google. 
and just put the color star logo on the front and then his name Lucas on the inside of the tie in like nice cursive. And he it's finally like, got on Instagram because it's owned by Meta and he was And like, it's like oh. clearly he just like screenshotted it from yeah. the the website too. Um Yeah, it's really strange. Let's expose our new character shape in advance and it's like a very <laughs> awkward looking. This looks like something I would have played 10 years ago. Like running off of like flashware. It looks like, like does the not uh, look like the next level in metaverse. You know that Sailor Moon meme with the dude who's like yeah with the cape and that's what yeah, the guy looks like. It does. Uh, oh, yeah, I've so done my work. Ever post was January twenty second of last year, twenty twenty one, and it is just like a street in China. It's it's a nice picture, I'll say that much. But um, and then he also bizarrely has a picture with the. Comoros uh, presidential candidate from 2016. Um, that I guess he just posted. This, they just posted on January 7th. Uh, I don't quite get the meaning of that. But yeah, he seemed to have become like active on Instagram again January 7th. And um, it's just all... Here's what it is. It's just all... I've seen this before and I mentioned it to Kyle before the the show. This is like what rich kids do, like when they don't need to have an actual job. They can just like they essentially just get to play around and like play businessman and like act like they're founding all these companies or that they're making like super awesome business deals. Um that's what this strikes me as now, honestly. It doesn't quite strike me as like nefarious whatever, whatever. This is just like someone in over their head that mm-hmm. probably just has like super disposable income because they probably come from like a rich family. Uh, that is just like he like lives in Dubai and just like f's around all day, and this is just what he and he's does. probably the meat shield for the weird nefarious shit that's actually maybe even it might not even be n- weird nefarious. I think this just screams to me like young like young twenties guy who again has like probably not been told no very much in their life and probably mm. just has been bankrolled by their parents just like making up businesses on the spot. It's like the the guys that like. Uh, like make their own like I don't know like liquor brand you know what I'm talking yeah. about like guys that are like oh we're gonna make our own beer and it's like like you're not going anywhere with this right. you know you're like, not but instead this guy's just pretending like he's pretending he's making up the metaverse and is also saying that he puts on like 150 film festivals he's just cosplaying business person that's which I think it's and also it's very funny that the Brooklyn Nets announced that they have a full fledged metaverse now. It's the day that the Sixers terminated their partnership with. Is are you allowed to kill yourself in the metaverse? Because I would like I I'm just over it. If I, I also think of metaverse one more time. Uh, one more time. I heard it. Xbox bought Activision, right? Or Microsoft right. bought Activision, and somehow the metaverse is tied into that too. Is someone going to explain to me how that all connects? Is that ever going to happen? Are we just saying metaverse? Like just to have whenever we feel like it, metaverse. It's like absolutely John. insane. Metaverse is the John of like the crypto bro <laughs> world. Like it can mean anything you want. <laughs> I own a house in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah. Millennials, the only time we're gonna be able to buy a house is in the metaverse. Yeah, that's the even only then we'll get we'll priced be... out. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go through a housing crisis in the metaverse. Yeah, I can't wait for the first metaverse financial crisis. <laughs> The uh, as if this reality isn't a hellscape enough. Why right. do you have to have, uh, um, you have, to have a hellscape in a, a hellscape? Virtual one. Oh, let me go have coffee with some sh- some schlub in the metaverse. <laughs> God.
damn why didn't you know like why do the wrong people get billions of dollars yo brent's out here caking he's got a house in the real world too plus the metaverse all right, all right brent we take get it, it easy pal we get it you're you're you got stacks on the stack you rich, I make rich. smart life choices i'm brent brent's actually just lucas um <laughs> yeah brent where are you based oh and by the way uh doug mentally lied he said he believed he's european based the guy lives in dubai right that's not close <laughs> like that's not like oh ah well he must have moved no dubai is very different from europe yeah the uh i also find it hilarious that the color star twitter account like basically wiped a bunch of their tweets they only have 12 tweets now the w really weird halloween tweet is gone um and they have uh somebody tweeted them to put like plug ben simmons into the metaverse and they tweeted back and said uh love the idea thanks for the input yeah so you know what else too i i, I read so last week we we dug deep into a little bit of the the addresses that they had posted and this was like discussed a lot in like some of the twitter replies to the defector articles apparently that zip code too is like a chinese zip code um Makes and sense. his like his like new address is like new york comma my i don't know what state uh, my is but uh seems like a spelling error that's the thing too is like I, it that that is your first red flags this guy's like linkedin profile all his stuff is like not spell checked even right that is like basic 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 e uh, it's the easiest thing you could do they make an app for that they make that there's a business that does that that's an app that actually is good and is functional and maybe they should not only buy that app and use it but like take notes on like what a functional useful app looks like. right because theirs looks like it's stuck in the ipod touch air um yeah i mean in, in full-blown terms where would you rank this whole color star story in sixers lore of the last i don't know decade so nothing will ever i don't know that anything will ever top burner gate in terms of just like absolute insanity unhinged level i can't believe that someone in a position of power would like do this like it's like that was like the actualization of what people joke about about like oh people have like burners and they're probably talking shit on the internet and it's like oh no like actually like some someone was actually doing that like the the, the president of basketball operations for the 76ers was doing that or right. his wife was i don't know which is worse actually um on multiple accounts that i think is very hard to top i i just this this had the chance and maybe there still is maybe there's more to uncover um but as as we've learned more it just to me screams like rich privileged kid who's mm -hmm. just like pretending like he's a business person when they he actually isn't and that's kind and of there might it. be more that we just don't know yet absolutely willing definitely willing to concede that but that's that's the way it seems to me is like this is just uh you know just your your basic your basic just dumb it's definitely up there in terms of just bizarreness it's i feel like it's 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 somewhere on level with markel Fultz for me because yeah, Marco Fox is also an unexplainable, bizarre happening that we'll never get answers to, similar to this. I think it's even weirder than Markel just because it's a business, quote-unquote, deal, um, where Markel was like, okay, this kid actually could play basketball in college when he was at Washington, and 
stuff just went wonky. It's still very weird. I think I put Color Star sandwiched in between Burner Gate and Markel Fultz. I think that's reasonable. Hard to, hard to hate on that. When it's, there's still it's a no gazillion. It's resignation letter, uh, <laughs> which I still have saved to my iPad, by the way. It's still in my iBooks. So. The Sam Hankey manifesto. What a time. One day he'll return. This goddamn team. Uh, Sam Hankey's the only one that could uh, convince me to get into the metaverse. I don't even Pretty know if Sam could do that. He might be. He's the only one who could. I'm not saying I would do it for Sam. Right. But like, if Sam Hinkie like came out and was like pro metaverse, I'd be like, well, let me let me, well, just do, a little, let me do a little Joe Rogan fact check. You know, let me <laughs> let me confirm some priors here. You know? <laughs> uh, let's get into what's going on on the court with the Sixers because at least uh, one guy brings us pride and joy, and that's Joel Embiid. And he continues to just score 30-plus points a game. Um, and he's single-handedly putting this team on his back like he has done for, I don't know, the last three or four years. We all know the traditional Big Four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. But Sixers are, you know, slowly creeping their way back into where they belong i'd say in the standings um with everything that's going on right now they're currently in the sixth seed with a 25 and 18 record um only two and a half games out of first place which in that you know area of the one to six seed that's kind of what typically happens but i mean for them to be able to kind of claw their way back from where they were say even like a month ago is pretty freaking impressive yeah i mean this was the sixers team that was uh I don't want to say dead in the water, but just like it, it was not exciting to watch. And Embiid being out for his COVID absence was definitely a, a rough part of that. But then a lot of the other Sixers roster was also dealing with COVID and injuries. And um, I never want to use the word unwatchable lightly, but it was. It was hard to watch. Uh, you're right to point out Embiid because he, here's just, just his points totals Uh going back to like right before Christmas, 32, 41, 23, 36, 36, 34, 31, 31, 31, 31, 31, 25, 32, 32. Uh, that's good. I think he tied a franchise record or broke a franchise record for most yeah, for consecutive 30-point like, games. Yeah. Which yeah, was like I, him, Allen like Iverson, and Will. In away games, I think, was the, uh, was the record. But yeah, in his last, uh, last six games, Plus 26, plus 12, minus 16, not great. Uh, plus 20, plus 16, uh, minus 16 against the Wizards because, of course, we had to celebrate MLK's legacy by by blowing it to the Wizards somehow. Um, he's been, like, the story of the season, of course. Like, yeah, we would be nowhere without Embiid when we did our over-unders for the season. I My biggest fear was that you're one Embiid layoff from – being a lottery team, and we saw that when he was out with COVID. Uh, the difference is he just hasn't 
had really any rest since then. Uh, he's just yeah. been chugging along, which has been good to see. I mean, let's be real. Like, uh, we're very used to in in the past few years Embiid probably, you know, not playing a game a week. Let's say, mm-hmm. let's say we play four games in a week. Usually isn't playing one of those typically. Uh, typically not playing one of the back-to-back nights, uh, you know, uh, maybe sitting the first game of a road trip out or something like that. He just very frequently was missing just rotational games, which mm-hmm. I'm sure he will later in the season as well. But that just hasn't been the case. And I think every night he's been bringing it to a level that is just as good as his, his MVP level. Uh, his shooting numbers haven't been quite as good, but I think he's just been just as dominant. Um, I think you're going to have a legitimate discussion about him for MVP. I think he's mm-hmm. one of these, there's four or five guys that are on the circular uh, pathway now towards potentially being MVP. Jokic is going to get a lot of love as he should, because I think there's been a lot of comparisons between the, the, the two for the last two seasons, but they're also in remarkably similar situations this yes. year in that they're both just leading their teams. Uh, and without them, you know, the nuggets would be terrible without Jokic this season, considering the injury problems they have. And it'd be the same for the Sixers because of, you know, the holdout situation and, you know, uh, some of the other COVID and, and injury stuff, but yeah, it, you know, you look at um, Durant's out now for the next month and a half. Hard to see him winning MVP when he missed time like that. He was uh, one of the front runners for sure. Now it's going to be Steph or potentially Giannis again. Um, and Embiid is going to, I think he'll he'll work his way into that conversation. If he continues like this, he gets another few weeks like this. He gets like a big primetime uh, game. Mm-hmm. I think he's right back in the narrative for this. And I think... Overall, I mean, for him to, I think going back to Saturday's game against the Heat, that was like one of his best games as a pro, like to kind of just, you know, chug along after coming, you know, going out and beating the Celtics the way they did. And then to go come back in that game against the Heat, uh, you know, and kind of just, you know, power through it and, and make sure that they didn't lose that one. I think that was huge. I think it's the biggest win of the season so far. And, Certainly the ugliest yeah. in uh, the season as well. And now, I mean, to be able to do this without, you know, a guy who who knows when Ben Simmons will get traded. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But also, like, Tobias Harris just flat out, just falling flat on his face night in and night out almost. I mean, it's really Embiid and then a bunch of young guys who are kind of just rotational, you know, side pieces almost. Yeah, it's... So the horse in the room, obviously, is Ben Simmons, right? That is that is the big object that is standing in the way of the Sixers improving in any feasible way this season. He said that he's if he doesn't get moved, he's going to hold out for the rest of the season. Uh, okay. Um, here's, here's where this gets difficult, right? This is like a landmark situation for the NBA. I really mean this. This, this will be like a case study that potentially has huge ramifications for the next CBA agreement that has huge ramifications for any time we've seen over the last few years that stars get unhappy and they demand a trade. And, and, you know, sometimes they'll even go so far as, as Ben did early in the summer to have a list of, I only want to go to these places. Right. Even if they don't have a, you know, a no trade clause or whatever, like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll demand to go to a certain place. So this with Anthony Davis, uh, he was only going to the Lakers. That's it. I like this is like a huge, huge landmark case in my mind for the NBA because if Ben Simmons is going to be allowed to sit out, tank his value, and not participate in any meaningful way, and I'm not trying to be the 
<laughs> the mental health police. But I think it's it's very clearly veneer on the situation. Do I believe that Ben Simmons has probably some mental reservations about playing for the Sixers again and playing in Philly? That there's not some certain anxiety, I would have to imagine, about playing in front of the Sixers fans again? I have no doubt. But I, I don't believe that that's I, I don't believe that's that's fair to use that as your your reason uh, to sit out an entire season. Uh, I think it's very very flagrantly a lie, and at the very at the very best, it's exaggerated, which I think is harmful and negative, and is a bad precedent to set because mm-hmm. now any player can say that exact same thing, and it's challenging because there have been NBA players that have had mental health issues in the past that have, have probably deserved time away from the game. Uh, that have deserved time to to like recuperate and go to therapy or whatever else they need, um, and it's just very obviously Ben Simmons is. I, I I just don't believe that this is that case. I really don't. Um, if if this allows to go through, where he gets everything he wants based off of this, that's a bad precedent. It just is. I you know I I like that the players have power now. I like that they have say in in where they end up. I don't think there's intrinsically anything wrong with that. But there is something wrong with this situation, and I, I don't think this is the way that it it should be happening. I just don't, and I think it, I think it's bad for the league if if this becomes the norm. That's bad for the league, uh, like unequivocally. And if the players don't think that it'll come back in a, in a negative way for the next CBA negotiation, they're like su- super mistaken. I know that everyone likes to say that the NBA is very progressive, which is not true. Um, I, I know that that's like everyone's read on it. If you don't think the owners will do everything they can to make sure that the players don't have any power, uh, then you're just mistaken. And this isn't me trying to be anti-player, but it's just this situation has gotten out of control, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's giving uh, updates saying, my mental health is still bad. I can't play for the Sixers. But the team that potentially trades me, I can play for you. No problem. Right. Just give me two weeks to get uh, in shape again. That's ridiculous and flagrantly just offensive. I, it really is. And it really upsets me because – we've done the whole thing about what we've done for Ben Simmons and how we've cared for him and how we've cheered for him. Uh, But for that just to be so blatant is, is disgusting. It's, and it's cowardice at at its finest, truly. Um, So (laughs) that was a long tangent (laughs) to say, this is huge for the NBA, right? Because every, every executive is going to look at what Daryl is doing and think that guy Mm -hmm. has massive balls to, to say, all right, sit out, strap in for four years then. Um, and if, if Daryl's able to get a deal that like really fits, or if he's able to get off Tobias on top of, of getting Ben somewhere else, uh, and giving yourself like a lot more flexibility in the future, like for this summer, that's, I mean, that's a massive coup like that. That just absolutely is. If you're able to get like a good haul back, that that's great. Um, I, I really think that this is going to be like a, a, a true, like land landmark case for like the player, player empowerment era. And depending on which way it goes, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll change a little bit of the direction that the league is going to go in because we've already seen players happy to, to say that they're going to sit out, to threaten to sit out. No one's ever done it like this. I have to at least commend him for, I guess, putting his money where his mouth is. I don't know if that's really what he's doing, but um, he is sitting out, which he said he was going to do. It's good for him. So we'll see. That's the big question, though, is was what happens to him because that that very much changes the direction of the Sixers for the next three months, right? And there's been a number of you know swirling reports in our Ben Simmons trade rumor segment, always brought to you by our good friends over at Pickup. You guys can go to PlayPickup.com now, start playing those headlines on the hottest topics in sports. You make your picks 
earn pickup points redeemable for prizes in the marketplace at playpickup.com. Matt, there's a report allegedly Legion Hoops tweeted this out yesterday uh, via Bleacher Report that uh, for Ben Simmons, the Pistons made a trade offer of Jeremy Grant, Sixers legend, uh, Sadiq Bey, Kelly Olynyk, and a first-round pick for Ben Simmons, and allegedly the Sixers were not excited about that offer. How do you feel about that trade offer? Because it's the, kind of the first we've really heard of names from the Pistons. Uh, even though we've heard Sadiq Bey and Jeremy Grant here and there, uh, that's the first like full-blown like offer we've heard. And again, hearing another offer and the Sixers not being happy about it, just put it in the pile of... <laughs> you know, the amount of those we've heard about over the last, you know, six months. Yeah, so here's the thing. Jeremy Grant, in a vacuum, is like a fine player for a contending team. He's not a second option. This is a guy that at best is like a third option for you on a team that's like, he was fantastic with the Nuggets, right? And you could make the case that the Nuggets perhaps didn't make, kind of made a choice between him and, and Michael Porter Jr. Fair enough, you know, right? They, they went with the high ceiling play. Makes sense, but he he functioned very well in the Nuggets. I think like really flourished there, and that's you know where he gets this this big uh, Pistons contract. He's looking for another big payout. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a you know a hundred plus million dollar contract. I don't think that's an ideal situation to put yourself in, uh, especially if you're trying to work your way off Tobias potentially in any trade or like looking to get off of him anytime soon. Saddling yourself with another uh, bad value contract is not a great idea. Uh, I don't know that Jeremy Grant is a guy that's like putting you. The, over the top enough in the right direction um he's like borderline where you're at for like in terms of, of straight up player value Sadiq Bey is interesting right like he's, he's a young player uh everyone likes to talk about his shooting which isn't like amazing by any means right like he's about an average uh, nba shooter uh, his his main just asset is that he's a young player that could potentially develop there's there's something there to that kelly Olenek is mostly like just like contract like matching and uh, just a, a throw in um not a terrible we, rotation piece of course but like we would have no beat the hawks with him last year <laughs> very true uh, we would have beat the hawks with mario chalmers instead of ben simmons Truth. so uh and then the pick you know the pick it depends on, on what the pick is i would have to imagine if it's coming from the pistons there's heavy protections on that of course but um it's just not uh, it's not a, a fulfilling offer and I, I can't believe that there are people that are like upset that the sixers didn't take that because uh, it's not it's not a very good deal for the sixers that's why if you're able to like really bend the, the kings over and get out of a bad Tobias contract while also getting rid of Ben Simmons and get a nice piece back and maybe a, a, another draft pick that's a, a, a huge huge difference between just getting back some pieces that you're not really that excited about or that aren't really moving you in a very positive direction currently or in the future. Sadiq Bey is not good enough that in my mind that he is going to be someone that in three, four years you're looking at as like an all-star level player. Like that's just mm-hmm. not the case, right? You get one of De'Aaron Fox or, or Halliburton from the Kings. Those two, I think have that type of ceiling. So that's, that's the difference, right? Um, for me, I, I just don't think it's, it's, it was that great of a deal. And, but you're right to point out that it is weird that this is like the 17th, uh, trade verbatim that has been leaked to uh, to NBA media. Yeah, and apparently, you know, the Athletic put out an article earlier today saying that uh, "quote unquote" insiders think a Ben Simmons deal gets done. Um, obviously, the Kings get mentioned a lot in this. You know, some of the names that get thrown around are De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, uh, Davion Mitchell, and Tyrese Halliburton, and old friend Rashawn Holmes. Um, 
does and apparently the Kings have also been doing their quote unquote due diligence on Matisse Thibel, which I don't know if I'd move Matisse to the Kings for what they'd be sending back. Um, but do you think any of this King stuff makes any sense for the Sixers? Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. It certainly can. I, I think if you're getting like, it seems like, uh, you know, there, there's, there is something to this, this King situation, right? Because the Kings are in a, a very uncomfortable situation because they have an incredibly long playoff drought, right? Just like our Phillies and they want to break that. And they're on the, they're on the, the edge right now for, for the playoff race in the West. And they're, they're looking for any kind of move. Here's what confuses me about the Kings perspective, right? Is that, I don't know that that giving away what they'll give away and getting back Ben Simmons and Tobias is like actually a net positive for them. Um, right. I, but I, I guess they're under just pressure to make any kind of move. Uh, it just in the hopes that it, it turns them around. Um, I'll say this, this is not based on any analytics or anything else, but anytime the King gets traded somewhere else, uh, it's typically good news for that team because <laughs> that, that player usually performs very well once they get out of Sacramento. Um, I guess the positive is that that's that was one of the cities that Ben was apparently okay with getting traded to, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that there's a, a public library that would really benefit from Tobias Harris and his uh, massive book collection, which I'm sure has now been liquidated to fund his weird NFT addiction. So, yes. I am I interested in any of the Kings players being mentioned? Absolutely, I'm definitely interested in De'Aaron Fox. I'm definitely interested in Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Halliburton was someone I loved coming out of the draft. So for me to like eventually like. I have rose-tinted glasses with him uh, in general. It's very hard for me to see the negative in Halliburton. That's, again, my bias. Um, do you think able to- that, just not to cut you off, but do you think De'Aaron Fox, if he's involved in a deal, is he too similar to Tyrese Maxey? That is, I think that's that's a, a fair question to ask, right? Is one of fit? Um, I think they can coexist together. It's perfectly, it's, it's not necessarily a, an ideal situation, right? Like this isn't like, someone that slots in seamlessly, but you're never really going to get that out of a trade anyway. Like that's just a, a hard thing to do in the NBA. Right. Um, and there would certainly be, I, I think some questions about Tyrese, De'Aaron Fox, Seth Curry. Like that's, that's a hard like algorithm to figure out. And shake Milton, def- obviously too. you defensively too. Like you're, you are, you know, potentially in a weird spot. That's the thing. I don't know that has been mentioned quite enough you know once you get to the playoffs this team i think is going to be exposed defensively because like ben simmons or not uh he was a, a very good defensive player and he showed that a lot in the playoffs and i think covered a lot of the sixers blemishes um everyone I, certainly deserves his blame for the hawk series and so does uh, doc one player that we love but that i, I don't know that's gotten quite the criticism's a harsh word but it just is 
Seth Curry was awful defensively in that Hawks series, was routinely abused by Kevin Herter. Um, and I don't see that changing in, in the playoffs this year. Uh, he doesn't improve defensively. And, you know, that that's a big question mark for me for the Sixers going forward. Is like you are you are losing something in Ben. You know, as, as much as I hate the guy and I'll be happy to see him leave, um, you have to accept that there are, there are realistic you know, ramifications to not having a potential defensive player of the year on your team anymore. Uh, some that can guard a lot of the the tough wing players in the in the, especially in the Eastern Conference where you have to to fight through. So um, that would be a big miss, but that's something that I think the Sixers could potentially address. I think the the bigger thing too is like the the moves like on the edge of the margins here, right? Because there's other teams that I think are going to be potentially interested in like selling off players. Portland has shut down Dame Lillard uh, for his abdominal surgery uh, that he should have gotten seven months ago. And it very much seems to me that he's going to be done for the season. I would not be surprised if Portland, one or two of their, their, their roster guys now, is, is kind of up for grabs. There's a certain uh, ex-sixter, Robert Covington, that's on the team that I'm sure will be, I don't know, in about a week, will be heavily linked coming back to the Sixers, yes. of course. Um, but would you, would you be like about that. that, too, bringing Rocco back? It very much depends on the price. But I, Robert Covington is like... The idea of Robert Covington is better than Robert Covington yeah. himself. Uh, he's someone that, again, just the nostalgia, pure nostalgia from a Sixers perspective is always going to be linked here, and people are always going to be much more rosy on something to me with Halliburton. Like, they're just going to see Robert Covington at his absolute best, which is not what he always mm-hmm. is, of course. Um, the Clippers are another team to watch because Paul George, they're talking about this, this injury that he had, uh, potentially needing more time or potentially another surgery. Uh, if he gets that, they're not bringing Kawhi back, and this is a team now that probably, I don't know, you might be able to go in and, and get one of their players for, for a, a reduced price because let's not forget they made a, a huge, huge trade to Oklahoma City. They don't own any of their picks, so they certainly don't have accept any incentive to tank this season, um, but they certainly have reason to maybe want to recoup a first, even a protected first, you know, like a top 12 protected first would be good enough for them. Uh, even like a, a a late first or a really good second would probably be good enough for the Clippers at this stage. So uh, that's another team to look out for that maybe, yeah, it's not the big blockbuster trade, but, you know, maybe that's like a, a secondary trade or maybe that's the only trade to make. We just tell Ben Simmons to sit on his hands for another. That's the thing too is like, I don't know that Ben Simmons and Clutch have quite done the calculus on if he sits out for the rest of the season, he will have not played basketball for like 15 months by mm-hmm. the time we're getting into next year. Um that's a dangerous amount of time to not play at this level. Right. I, like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care who you are. I, like, that is not easy to just work yourself back into. He's already talking about he needs two weeks back just to work himself back into conditioning, let alone actually being, like, good again, Game getting ready. a rhythm again uh, in the right mental space. Uh, and I don't mean that quite with the mental health. But, you know, like, you have to be a certain mental sharpness. You have to, like, just be on it. Uh, and-, and he's mistaking himself, too, if he thinks that he's going to walk into a situation – and actually play this year and think fans in opposing arenas aren't going to do the same things that he and Clutch probably are thinking is only going to happen if he steps on the court in Philadelphia. I think they've, they've really made a rod for their back with this. I, I really do. I, and I'm not saying that just because obviously I'm a Sixers fan, so there's going to be some natural bias here, but I, I really think that they have completely torched this. Like, absolutely. I, I don't know that how Ben Simmons has a good career after this. I really don't. I think this is completely unrecoverable. Um, if any like rival GMs are watching, I actually think Ben Simmons is it's totally recoverable, and I think he's totally gonna have a great career after this. Yes. But in all seriousness, I don't know how you get back from this. Like 
he sat out to like if someone was injured for this long, he'd be worried about like, all right, well, you know, it's gonna take them, you know, a, a little bit to get back in the gate. Like, what what has he been doing apparently? You know, right? Like, there's been nothing. Complete radio silence Playing on his PUBG. His, PUBG, and we've seen him at a few like post game shoot arounds and stuff, like working out and things like that. But you know, like you just miss you're you're missing your prime years, and for mm-hmm. what? I mean, that's that's the thing too that just really gets me is like. Man, like to to just want to sit on the sideline, you know, I, I I hate the cliches about for the love of the game and stuff. But I mean, seriously, like, do you not care at all? Like, is this listen, whatever. Like, if it's your job and you do it strictly for money, that's fine. But like, I can't imagine like, I don't know, like being part of a team and not caring one iota about it. Like nothing. Like I'm talking like one percent. Yeah. You know, I, I get that these guys don't always have to be in it for the love of the game. That not everyone has to be Embiid and clearly care a ton. And and all that uh, that you can certainly just be like, you know, what? I'm just tall and really good at this and I make money and I'll be able to sort of support my family for a long time. That's that's a fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But even those guys still care a little, mm-hmm. still care a little about winning. They want to win for sure. Everyone loves to win. I don't give a shit who you are. I don't care if you're just in it for 20 million dollars. You still want to win. I'm sure you have incentives in your contract based around winning, based around performance. Like, it's just so bizarre to me, man. Like, don't you want that you know, headset upgrade? Seriously, I mean, but you, like, you know, it's no coincidence that once the Sixers were putting all this money in escrow and he wasn't touching any of it and he wasn't getting his big bonus, that all of a sudden there was a bunch of, of movement and action mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's out for mental health and not for his back issue. Right. Um, which, again, gets conveniently forget out of this that he was faking a back injury, uh, which is weird, too, because he had a legitimate back injury from the bubble. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was already going to be something that was on the Sixers' radar, probably. And probably had, like, fake anything else. Fake, like, a calf strain. Right. Why are you faking a back injury where, like, this team has, like, actual documentation on, like, the state of your back? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that that got talked about enough, that yeah. they, like, went with that. They just, like, pointed to a graph, like, all right, we'll just fake a back injury. I guess because it's hard to disprove, right? True. That's that's the thing. It's it's the same with this mental thing. You can't really say to someone, "Well, I don't believe you." Yeah, I don't. I don't believe the mental health. You know, because you can't technically. There's no. You can't really Proof. prove it. Of right. course, though. It's it's a it's the perfect logic and excuse to not play for the season. Which again, I just I don't get. It. I don't know what kind of career Ben Simmons is expecting after this. Because if he thinks it's going to go back, it's similar to like how we all keep saying when COVID's over, it's never going back to 2019. It just yeah. never is. And you just gotta live with what it is now and adapt, or else just don't anymore. Retire. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I like I don't I don't know what he expects this to turn into because it's not getting better. If he thinks that no one else in the league, that no other fan base in the league is also gonna clown on him and probably boo him or cajole him at games, it's just very mistaken. Yeah. It's it really very is. blinders on. Um, Speaking of the Clippers, it, it just intrigued me to like look at their roster when you brought them up. Is there anybody in particular that you would want to trade for from the Clippers, obviously outside of Kawhi and Paul George? Uh, Luke Kennard. That's who I was thinking as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. like Kennard would be like the, the obvious uh, get. It kind of depends, of course, on like where the Clippers are at. I, I'm just throwing this out as like a team that you know maybe is like one to keep an eye on, of course. Um, maybe yeah, they Kennard want to buy us like, back. Uh, no shot. Jerry West was like, could not believe that we uh, that we were dumb enough to actually At go. 3 a.m. That's one of like the, the worst decisions I, I think maybe we've ever made in our lives. Uh, and, and when I say we, I mean the Sixers, but like 
that and has when we to say be. the Sixers, we mean Alec Brand. Right. Like um, the only benefit <laughs> that came from that was Mike Scott. That's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Um, someone like Eric Bledsoe maybe isn't necessarily in it for the Sixers, but I could see like other teams like circling Eric Bledsoe. Um, someone I, I think might convince themselves of Reggie Jackson. Like I could see the Celtics like getting Reggie Jackson. Um, Marcus Morris, I'm sure, will get moved. Yeah, Marcus Morris, I, I wouldn't be shocked to to maybe see somewhere else. Yeah, it's like I don't know that not all of those players, of course, are not going right. to be gone, but like probably one or two of those guys might be off the club. Ibaka chance, might get moved. Yeah, like it's, you know, that's the thing too. This isn't like, you know, set in stone it's going to happen, but these are teams that you kind of have to look at and say like they don't have much to play for and the Clippers are fine with probably like middling out um, because, again, they don't have their picks. They have zero incentive to just lose games, but, you know, Kawhi is is likely not coming back this season and it seems like everything with this Paul George injury is trending towards reevaluated in four weeks, which brings you up to, you know, early March. It's the same thing with Damian Lillard. He's going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks. Okay, well, that's, you know, what? <laughs> Second week of March? Right. You're going to bring him back for the last four or five weeks of the season when you're seven games out of a, a play-in spot? And nobody's no watching the Portland Trailblazers because March Madness is going on? Right. Just just no <laughs> shot. No shot. Yeah. Uh, so shout-out to Pickup. Obviously, the Ben Simmons trade rumors are never going anywhere because who the hell knows when he's going to get traded. Uh, but they do have a fun prop, Matt. Who will the Kings trade for before the deadline? I want to ask you this one, too. Ben Simmons, Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, multiple of these players, or none. I think it's just funny because they're all tied to the Sixers. What were the, uh, the names again? I'm sorry. Ben Simmons, Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, multiple of these players, or none. And that's for the Kings. Oh, man. All with Sixers connections, those three players. I, I think um, I think Ben would be great for the Kings. I agree. I really do. I, I think I think he'd have a great time. And again, it's one of the very few cities that he listed he was happy to go to as a young socialite. So I hope it's a great time in Sacramento. It's only an hour flight to LA. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, enjoy that. So you guys can have go fun. to uh, playpickup.com, play that prop and all types of other props uh, with our friends at Pickup. But Matt, the the uh, Eagle season has come to an end after their loss to the Bucks in the wild card round. And for some strange reason, it continued in that game where one Jalen Rager was getting targeted more early on than Devontae Smith. Season's over now. We have final statistics on Jalen Rager. And two years into his NFL career, I could not be more done with a player since Ben Simmons. And that is Jalen Rager. So we are going to put him on trial. And this is the official trial of Jalen Rager. Uh, we did this with Markel Fultz a few years ago where we put him on trial to kind of determine if we should ever talk about that player ever again. Markel has obviously made amends and with that one video clip uh, a couple months ago talking about, hey, that's Philly, like I respect everybody. We've kind of made our amends with Markel and we want to see him do, you know, as well as he can with the Orlando Magic and wherever he ends up in his career. But Jalen Rager might go down as one of the biggest busts in sports draft history for a first round pick. Matt, I'm going to read you Jalen Rager's stats for the 2021 season. And on a scale of 1 to 10... Are you in a mental place good enough to do this is my first question. I am because okay, good. I am, I'm fine. Like we said at the beginning of the year, this year you, was the, hold on. the free you play. Said, you said, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> we said this year was the free play year with the Eagles, and that's right. exactly what it was. 
We had a litmus test to see where they, you know, gauge against some of these playoff teams that are truly playoff teams turns and what out, they have to do. Not great. Not great. <laughs> but turns out all these first-year playoff teams, first-year playoff quarterbacks, not great. Uh, Matt, so for the 2021 NFL season, Jalen Rager in 17 games, which is more games than he played in his rookie year due to the injury he sustained. So in 2020, he only played in 11 games. Uh, and then this year he played in 17. He finished with 33 receptions, 299 yards, 9.1 yards per reception, and two touchdowns. And for the fantasy heads out there, he finished with a whopping 45.1 fantasy points. It was 33 receptions for how many yards? 299. That's like a average four game stretch for justin jefferson yeah i think that's what hurts the most that could that is like, 299 every, yards is almost a justin jefferson game right like every catch that justin jefferson makes is another foot lower into the ground jalen rager's coffin goes like it is just it's brutal i you're i think you're being very fair and honest when you say that it's one of the biggest draft busts ever and not even just in Philly sports. I mean, it's within the context of that you could have had Justin Jefferson. You know, people whiff on on first-round picks all the time, but it's just when there was a guy. And, and you know what I don't like either is, like, there's this weird uh, – I don't quite know if it's revisionism because I, I don't – I wasn't as plugged in in the moment uh, about the discussion between Rager and Jefferson – but there's this whole like back and forth now where of course the people who are still in charge of the Eagles that that, that made that made that pick uh, said that it was the coaches that convinced Howie to go with Rager instead of Justin Jefferson, but he wanted Justin Jefferson all along. Uh, how much of that is true? Honestly, well, pe- on it's weird because on Sunday during the game, Chris Mortensen responds to a Kevin Nagandi tweet. Obviously, Kevin Nagandi from the Philadelphia area, Sports Center anchor. Chris Mortensen, plugged into the NFL world very much so, says that it will, like, pretty much paraphrasing, it'll never be lived down that Andy Weidel, who's in the Eagles front office, his draft board was overruled to take Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Which, to my knowledge, had never been made public. It was kind of just Mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of speculation that somebody went over somebody's head to make that pick for Jalen Rager, who it was, we don't know. But for Chris Mortensen, who is tapped in with ESPN, has multiple sources throughout the league, to name drop that it was Andy Weidel's draft board getting overruled to take this guy is pretty telling to me with just the the state of what the Eagles' front office was during the 2020 NFL draft. I think this is an easy verdict to reach, personally. Uh, because it doesn't have all the weird faults uh, off the court stuff that we had to contend with for that for that uh, trial. This is like a very obvious guilty on, on all charges, uh, fraud, uh, negligence, impersonate, impersonating an NFL player. Um, it's bad, man. I mean, you know, at least last year you could sell yourself on the hope. Like you saw, like a flash or two, got like, injured. Uh, you know, like, yeah, like, and it's his rookie year, and you could say to yourself, all right, well, you know what? Next year, he could show something. Like, there's a, there was enough for you to, like, cling to from last season. It's all gone. It's all been ripped away from you. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, it's just a total absolute. Like this is a a, a franchise altering mistake. It he really had is. two less catches last season in six less games, and had more yards last season than he did this year. It's tough. By almost 100. He had 396 receiving yards on 31 receptions in 2020 for one touchdown. Where this year he had 33 receptions, 299 yards, two touchdowns. The the big problem here is that the Eagles' like uh, offense is not functioning in like a, a, a 21st century offense. Should. Right. If you look at like the best teams remaining, none of them play like the Eagles do. No. And that that is listen. Is there only one way to win? No, no. In in any sport, you do not like. Yes, there's certainly like. Right now, we understand math well enough, especially with the NFL, that passing is the most efficient way of moving the football, and that is why the smartest teams pass heavy. They they don't care about stopping the run, and they don't care about uh, starting the run. They're like a unless you're the Tennessee the Titans. Unless you're the Tennessee Titans, right? But even then, they're a very, they're a very efficient passing offense. Mm-hmm. Like they understand, and what Tennessee gets right that other teams don't too is they're great in late game situations. Like right. Mike Vrabel is, I think, really underrated as a coach, but also like consistently in the last five minutes of quarters and of games, like knows how to manage the clock mm-hmm. and ask the Dallas Cowboys if that's an important trait to have in a head coach because it absolutely is. That is legitimately can very well be the difference between winning a Super Bowl or not. Is uh, just a guy in charge that knows how to manage time. Like that is, it's so stupid to say, but it's just so true. Um, and Mike Vrabel has always impressed me with his, like in those high pressure situations where you don't have hindsight, you don't have, like, you might have like someone else, like in your ear to ask, like, I know the, the Ravens have an analytics person that they consult for like the, you know, the best, uh, mm-hmm. you know, effective value type plays and stuff or, or what the right call is here. Um, the Eagles do not play like this, and the Eagles do not have that forward-thinking mind. Part of that is uh, is obviously because of Jalen Hurts's uh, how limited he is mm-hmm. as a passer. Uh, Which I think that, I don't know about you. I think it's more a mechanical thing that can be fixed if he goes to one of these, you know, QB gurus that we've seen other players go and and work on their passing, and they've gotten better. I don't think it's a mental thing for Jalen Hurts, which I think is a positive for the Eagles moving forward. I I have my concerns about his like long term ability to be like a for starter. Sure. I, like I don't know I don't think you're I don't think you're winning with Jalen Hurts. I, I don't. I think when you get to the playoffs, these are his limitations and they're very clear. It's the same thing as Ben Simmons, right? This guy might win you games in the regular season, but when teams have a week to prepare specifically for you and are going to take all your strengths away, and are going to make you beat them with your weaknesses. Jalen Hurts is like, is awful. <laughs> like, it's, he's missing very easy throws. Which, sure, like, maybe he has like some mechanics things he could work on, but he's. I, I don't think mechanics are making you overthrow Dallas Goddard by four mm-hmm. yards. You know, like that's and that's. I, I think certainly you can question the play calling as well. Like Devontae Smith just has to be more involved. In Agreed. It's, and I think they need another guy on the other side right. of him, too. You can't be trotting Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager and, you know, Greg Ward Dallas out there. Goddard can't be your number two. Right. Devontae Smith. You, are like not you need another star. big body wide receiver opposite Devontae Smith to take pressure off of Devontae, who's catching all these double teams 
And when you are trotting a guy like Jalen Rager out there who can't catch, has no awareness on the field, can't run routes, and that was one of his biggest issues coming out of college was that he was just a nine-route guy, go and, and you know get down the field. He can't run routes. You need another guy opposite of that, and that's why I'm still intrigued to see Jalen Hurts next year in this in this offense and hopefully having more weapons around him, whether it's a free agent wide receiver brought in, you draft a guy, you trade for Calvin Ridley, which I'd be totally about, um, or multiple of those things, just to see what happens when he actually has multiple weapons around him and not loser-type players like Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager is a net negative on a football team. He can't run forward, he can't run routes, can't catch, and he's claiming to be a wide receiver. He's five foot eleven. He had a pre-draft quote that I saw brought back up on the timeline today, saying he plays like he's six four. No, you don't, buddy. You play like you're five one. Uh, that's my biggest concern right now. Is just the complete overhaul you kind of have to do of these these pass catching weapons outside of Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, and it starts by getting rid of Jalen Rager this offseason. I don't care that he was a first round pick. I don't care that you put that asset into him. Like, it almost felt like the Eagles' offense this year at points. They were trying to force-feed guys simply based off of their draft status and where they picked them, where they fell in terms of, like, the organization. is like, oh, we used a major asset on this guy, so we have to force-feed him the ball. No, you don't. If a guy stinks, he stinks. You just need to cut ties with him. And I think that was a, a massive hindrance to this Eagles' passing game this year was just the the forced attention to Jalen Rager in this offense because he was a first-round pick. They get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheWholePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's not a good player. I don't. I don't think the. I don't know that the cap situation really allows you to move on from Jalen Rager this this offseason, which is the difficulty, right? Like you take a pretty mean cap hit. I think uh, if you get rid of him, which I don't know that the Eagles are necessarily into the thought of. Um, apparently, you know, today uh, the Eagles have, have confirmed that Jalen Hurts is their guy for next year. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen Hurts and two first round picks going for Russell Wilson. Uh, in a month and a half, because I don't think see, I don't oh. think Russell Wilson's coming here simply because he kind of controls where he goes. You and do it's not l- listen. the The cosine of confidence in this this third week of January is historically a bad spot to be in. It well, is never good when they're saying this is our guy for next. The fact that it, the fact that it needs to be said that that's a question that needs to be answered is already not ideal. I, I get a bad vibe when they're like, this is our guy for next year. I think so it's I think it's them started. I think it's them saying that because they wanted to get Russell Wilson, but because the amount of times that it's come out with Russ and like all the teams that like he's been linked to and it's never been mentioned with the Eagles. It's always been, you know, the Broncos, it's been the Giants, it's been all these different teams, and Russ has like the no trade clause and can choose where he wants to go and the Eagles have never been mentioned on that list, I don't think Russ wants to come here. And that's why I think they flat out said that, and it's just like, 
let's blow some hot air here, see what happens. And uh, I, I just don't think Russell Wilson's going to be an Eagle, so I'm not getting my hopes up for that. And I personally think using blue chip assets with these three first round picks for Russell Wilson when the Eagles are not a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl would be a mistake. Absolutely, uh, which is why they're going to do it uh, because <laughs> they're going to convince themselves that they are a quarterback away. So, also Jalen Rager's dead cap number. Uh, his cap is three point six million, but his dead cap number seven point eight million. If you cut him this year, yes. which I think is worth it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that that happens. Um, I think. I think it's here's the reason I think it's a bad idea, and this is a dumb reason. But these are the things that they think of that we don't. It is not a good look to draft a guy in the first rounds and cut him two years later. That is like agents won't like that. Players won't like that. It's not like a. I know that we like to be like cutthroat and like get this guy out of here and and roster management is so easy to us because we're not uh, having daily interactions with these people. But when we say cut someone too, we also mean fire them. Uh, No one ever feels good when they're fired by a place. uh, And when that person being fired is represented by someone else that will represent other potential employees. They're not going to feel probably good. You know, they can put aside biases and stuff like that, but um, I don't know. I just, I think it's a bad, it's a bad look. I also would not hate that it's probably better, but I also would not hate because I am fully on board with like the whole Calvin Ridley trade situation and bringing him here. Is Calvin Ridley even playing football though? I think that's the the weird thing about this Calvin Ridley talk is like, and listen, you want to talk about stepping away from mental health? There, there it is, right? And listen, no one, and, and rightly so, no one was like, uh, Calvin Ritty has to like give an account for himself. No. Because to our eyes, it's genuine, as opposed to right. some other people. Um, but like, and not that he owes us this explanation, mm-hmm. but like, there's been nothing that, that we've heard that says to me that he's like playing football again. Yeah, the um, only thing that's really come out is that he and the Falcons are ready to like, move in different directions right which is like that's a weird i I, like how do you read that situation Mm -hmm. you know because the falcons were by all by all accounts accommodating to him towards this during Mm -hmm. this time uh when he said he had to step away and and whatever like they they worked with him and made it so um the fact that they're parting ways i i don't (laughs) it's a hard situation to read and it's weird too because Free agent wide receivers very rarely pan out either. Uh, that's that's another I think unspoken thing is everyone like I think fans have a, t- a tendency to like really hype up like the newest edition, the newest whatever. Go look at the last like four or five years of uh, of wide free agents wide receivers. It's very rarely good. Uh, now Calvin Ridley is certainly like an exceptional player and and certainly could be like you know. He, there are exceptions to everything, and there there are some of those players that have panned out, of course, but um, it's not like some guarantee that you're mm-hmm. getting the Calvin Ridley. Uh, and I think it would be unfortunate for him for going from Matt Ryan to Jalen Hurts. Well, uh, here's the thing with that, too. Like, the reason I'm intrigued by it, not only, you know, is Calvin Ridley on the surface and when he's on the field a very good football player, he played with Jalen Hurts at Alabama. So there's that connection there, which I like for Jalen Hurts in terms of just like his development as a player. 
And I mean, if I'm looking here at, at over the cap, if you put Jalen Rager in a trade post June one, it saves you two million dollars. I wouldn't be opposed to sending Jalen Rager down to Atlanta and getting him as far away from Philadelphia as possible. Atlanta, I think Atlanta might. Maybe we include him in a Ben Simmons trade. Hey, <laughs> could just have Jalen be the driver. Could the solution to all this be just the first ever like multi-sport trade? <laughs> Uh, where we send Ben Simmons and Jalen Rager and Tobias Harris to like the Hawks and the Falcons. Uh, we just sort it out. That might work. It might. We like it's just it's Philadelphia and Atlanta making a trade, not like mm-hmm. any like speci- one specific. And I don't know. We like what's it? I know Atlanta has like Coca Cola. Do they have like a food? Is there like a food state like peaches? I don't know, like peach cobbler or something. We maybe the, we uh... like. We like we trade off like tasty cake for like uh, a three year lease. We give them like tasty cakes, and they give us whatever their like their big dessert is. Yeah, something like that. They could send us like uh, a year supply of Magic City chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like some some lemon pepper wings or something. Yeah, you know, like we we switch off like Combo they, lemon the, pepper wet, lemon pepper dry, like, like a cultural exchange. You know, like <laughs> and they take our garbage. Yeah, we'll send them like uh, we'll send them. We'll send them Genos and Pats. Genos and Pats combo deal. Because listen, I'm sure they'd love that. Yeah, send them down to Atlanta. We'll make that happen, and uh, we'll get rid of all the the bad contracts and bad players in Philadelphia. So Matt, the verdict: Jalen Rager, we banning him from the podcast until he's removed from Philadelphia. Sayonara, Jalen Rager officially banned from underground sports philadelphia also very hilarious that the eagles on draft day tweeted out a video uh a side-by-side video that said two birds of a feather with deshaun jackson's miracle at the meadowlands punt returned for a touchdown and a muffed punt that jalen rager returned for a touchdown at tcu that tweet is a war crime and the eagles should be uh fined for even thinking about tweeting that and mentioning those two in the same breath so jalen rager officially banned from underground sports philadelphia Matt, it has been one hell of a week with our, our freaking sports teams. Um, any final thoughts for the people before we uh, sign off? Uh, I would say, what would I normally say? I would say have a great week, and I hope you're enjoying watching the Sixers currently lose to the Orlando Magic. Fantastic. Um, they're playing Dirk Nowitzki, hitting a game-winning shot as a highlight reel currently, and they're showing it to him. It's really upsetting. I don't know why they would do that to us. Unbelievable. Kind of messed up, actually. Thanks a lot. Uh, I think it's on NBA Network. Nice. It's the NBA Metaverse. <laughs> God Almighty! When we get to there, uh, pass here's, here's exclusively my actual, in the Metaverse. Here's my actual sign off. Uh, if you participate in the Metaverse or have plans to, if you even can, I don't know enough about the Metaverse. If you actually can right now, um, uh, open the door in your house and walk outside and. <laughs> Just absorb some vitamin D and really take stock on what's meaningful, which is not dumb, made-up money laundering. Did you see that Crypto.com got hacked? Yes. And, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't have laughed any harder. I mean, I you know, I very rarely watch cable TV these days, so a lot of commercials go over my head. Um, but I did because obviously it was the NFL playoffs this weekend, so it was plugged in a lot. And uh, I must have seen 71 ads for crypto.com. It's all the same nonsense, fortune favors, the bold, whatever. And I don't know, two days later, 
they're hacked and people are siphoning Ethereum into a NFT tornado or something. I don't know. I it's stupid. So we're not in Kansas uh, sh- anymore. Shout out to you if you uh, lost money on Crypto.com. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to in 30 years the uh, the asbestos. Uh, <laughs> if you were an investor in Crypto.com, you may be entitled to like call up JG Wentworth, get your money back. You may be yeah. entitled to actual physical money compensation. You'll get Musk coin. That's <laughs> when Elon Musk is our 72nd president. Yeah. Fuck all the crypto.com people. Absolute morons. I, I could not have laughed harder when I saw that that article get pushed out there. Uh, so shout out to all the morons. And uh, big thank you to our non-moron sponsors. Uh, Main Auto LLC, Dusharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, Tomahawk Shades. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com and use promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our new friends at Bino Board. Uh, we'll be tweeting out the the link that you guys can use uh, to get discounts and everything at Bino Board with Bino Board. Very excited to have them on board with us now. And uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Underground PHI, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can follow Matt at Matt Castarina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Mikey Ostrowski just put out his uh, mock draft 1.0 for fantasy football purposes. Uh, eight key fantasy future superstars in the fold. And there is a Philadelphia Eagles mention in there. So check that out at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let us know. How you feel about the trial of Jalen Rager, Ben Simmons trade rumors, this Color Star technology uh, saga coming to a potential end, uh, and anything else in between. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. Also, leave those five-star ratings on Spotify. Blow up our Spotify ratings with five stars as well. And check us out wherever you get your podcasts uh, because we are there. And Matt, next week we will have the official opening uh, as we quickly approach another anniversary of Underground Sports Philadelphia, the Hall of Fame ballot, as we do each and every year, will go live uh, more than likely next week. So we'll have that ballot up for a couple weeks for you guys to vote on who we're going to be inducting into the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame to celebrate another anniversary here with Underground Sports. But uh, stay tuned. Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI if you're watching live. Steven Schneider's going to be live uh, doing the damn thing here on our Twitch channel, which we've now surpassed 400 followers. Shout out to everybody following on Twitch. And uh, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 396. For Matt, I'm KB, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Champion.